You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled 500 Years. Hello my radio friends, I'm glad you've joined me today and I'm glad you're interested in that marvellous book, the Bible. It's fascinating that things have been foretold in God's word about the future, things that we can see happening in front of our very own eyes today. And that's why we are considering today's topic. In Matthew 24 verse 12 is a statement about the times in which we live. It says, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Primarily, I see this applying to love for God. But in a secondary sense, it applies to what's happening with human relationships. Do you know about the significance of the year 2017? Yes, it is the year that Donald Trump took over the presidency of the United States of America. But there is something much more significant than that. 2017 marks the 500th year since Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of the University Church in Wittenberg in Germany. It happened on October 31st, 1517. Luther's 95 theses was a list of complaints, a list of grievances, or if you like, a list of errors that he, as a Roman Catholic teacher, saw with the Church. Luther was truly a remarkable man, and he wanted to be right with God, and did all that the Church taught to become right with God. But the more he did, the more troubled he became, until, pondering the mean meaning of the text, the just shall live by faith, Luther finally realised that salvation was a gift of God and all his efforts to become more holy were achieving nothing. Following Luther's public written statement about the wrongs with the Roman Church, a massive groundswell movement took place as many unhappy Catholics chose to leave the church. So, the Protestant Reformation began. It was a protest against the Catholic Church, and it was a reformation, a reforming process to make what was wrong right. The world has greatly benefited as a result of the Protestant Reformation. But, if Luther was alive today, he would be horrified. Horrified at what is happening in the religious world. Horrified 
at what has happened to the protest, horrified at what has happened to the reform, and horrified at what has happened to the church that bears his name, Luther. Did you know that on October 31, 2016, Pope Francis, head of the World Roman Catholic Church, and Munib Yunan, president of the Lutheran World Federation, at Lund in Sweden, signed a joint declaration stating that what unites their two religious traditions is greater than what divides them. Put in simple terms, this means that the Roman Catholics and the Lutherans have become sweethearts. So, on the 500th anniversary of Luther's brave and famous action, Protestant is said to be over. No protest anymore. Is there anything wrong with that, you may ask? The answer is plenty. Pope Francis might seem to be a pleasant, congenial fellow, but he leads an organisation which does not have a pretty history. In the past, the Roman Church controlled both church and state. In other words, it held both civil and religious power. In practical terms, if an individual did not conform to the church's traditions or practices, that individual could and was treated as a criminal. The church had the power to treat any non-conforming individual as it chose. It thought it had power to control what people believed. History describes this era as the Dark Age, or the Dark Ages. I've mentioned in some previous programs what terrible consequences and what terrible sentences were imposed on anyone who disagreed with the Church. Usually the sentence was death, often by burning. At the same time, the Church seized the property and belongings of the dissenter. It's been estimated that up to 150 million people lost their lives and property because of the treatment handed out by the Roman Church back then. If you want to know more about the injustices handed out by the Church, read some of the stories recorded in Fox's Book of Martyrs. I want to warn you, it is not pleasant reading. Anyhow, that happened in the past, but things are different now, aren't they? They might seem different, but it is not unreasonable to assume that the Roman Church has not changed much over the last few centuries. Be listening next week when I share some news about the moves being made toward one world government.
And would you like to guess who is likely to be the head of the one world government? Well, we'll leave that for now. But the Protestant Reformation originally took its stand against the Roman Church over the authority of the Holy Bible versus man-made traditions. Protestant reformers, including Luther, realised that Roman Catholicism is a cleverly crafted counterfeit Christianity, and in the years leading up to this century, notable Protestant preachers, including John Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, Matthew Henry, and many others, have shared this view. You've probably heard about the Come Home to Rome campaign that the Roman Church has aimed at Protestants. But have you heard about its success or otherwise? It has been very successful, and many influential televangelists and evangelical Christian leaders have accepted the Pope as the world religious leader. I want to quote from an article called The Death Knell of Freedom of Religion by Hoym Staff, a Jewish writer. He says, he says this, It seems that all the big names in Protestant evangelism have jumped on board the bandwagon headed back to the Catholic Church, working in tandem with Catholicism. Among these celebrities are also James Dobson, Jerry Falwell, Benny Hinn, Paul Crouch of the Trinity Network, Tony Campolo, Billy Graham, the National Council of Churches, and the leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention. Even Great Britain's Prince Charles is behind it. Right now, as in the past, the Roman Church maintains that it is the only true church, and they say that the only way to be saved is through their church. And the Roman Church claims that its traditions have higher authority than the Bible. These are very bold claims. On the surface, the Roman Church appears to condone Bible reading. Yet the practices of the Church indicate that Bible reading is a fruitless exercise because when there is a conflict between what the Bible teaches and what the Church teaches, the Church claims that its teachings are superior to the Bible. And that's how it was in the past. And that's how it still is. God's word against the Roman church's word. Luther and the other reformers chose God's word to be their guide and enlightenment. It seems today that many so-called Protestants are rejecting God's word and are being drawn into an unholy alliance based on the unity of brotherhood theme. Have Protestants forgotten God? Have Protestants forgotten their heritage? 
Have Protestants forgotten the corruption in the Roman Church that caused Luther and others to separate? Has the Roman Church suddenly become sanitised? Is all the corruption highlighted in the past gone? My dear friends, nothing has changed. We are being fed selected information to make us think well of the Roman Church, but the secret dealings, the pedophilia, the unbiblical practices, the unholiness is still there. Just a few examples. Pope Francis strongly supports the importance of praying to Mary and dead saints, whereas the Bible says there is one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. One mediator means one, not two or three or many. Pope Francis is wrong. We should never pray to Mary, but to God, the Father, alone, in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. And if you want to check up on that, turn to the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, and then the next chapter, verse 16. The Roman Church still teaches that it alone is the true Church and the Bride of Christ. Yet Jesus said that he himself was the rock and what God's church would be built. The Roman church claims that the Apostle Peter was the first pope. Yet Peter never claimed that title, and the early Christian church never gave Peter any status other than that he was one of the apostles. The Roman church still teaches the doctrine of purgatory, the significance of relics, the validity of indulgences, and a host of other beliefs that are not from the Bible. They are man-made beliefs and traditions. The Roman Church continues on as before. There are no noticeable changes. It has not shifted its position. We're going to stop here for a moment. And we'll go on straight afterwards. We crying in the chapel, the tears I shed were tears of joy. I know the meaning of content. Now I'm happy with the Lord. Just a plain and simple child Where humble people go to pray I pray the Lord that I'll grow strong As I live from day to But I couldn't find no way on earth to gain peace of mind. Now I'm happy in the chapel where people are of one accord. One accord. 
us we gather in the chapel Just to sing and praise the Lord You'll search and you'll search But you'll never find No way on earth to gain peace of mind Your troubles to the chapel Get down on your knees and pray Then your burdens will be light And you'll surely find the way And you'll surely find the way Just before the break, I made this statement that the Roman church continues on as before. There are no noticeable changes. It has not shifted its position. You see, the Protestants are the ones who make all the compromises. They are the ones being misled by the ecumenical movement. The Bible records a clear warning by Jesus. He said, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. That's from Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5. To put these two verses into a modern context, Jesus is saying, watch out. There are lots of people out there who will, if you let them, deceive you. They will claim to be speaking on my behalf. Ministers supposedly representing me. They will tell you lies and will say to you to follow them. They will tell you that salvation can be obtained in another way other than what I have outlined. Many people have some idea about what has been described as the Dark Ages. It was a period of roughly 1,000 years when the lives and minds of people were controlled by the church. Those who had inquiring minds were suppressed. It was a period of much general superstition and lack of enlightenment, all imposed by the church. The Protestant Reformation ended the Dark Ages. But there are some today who matching with what they read in the Bible with what they see as the current trends, who claim that the world will experience another period of great darkness, a new spiritual dark age. It's being described as an end-time dark age, which will be darker and worse, more deadly and sinister, and fraught with more peril and terror than any comparable period in the history of humanity. They feel that we are entering a final age of religious oppression, tyranny and evil. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3, 1-5, Know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, For men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, 
disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those who are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Apart from referring to conditions regarding the general population in the end times, I want to pick out two aspects from this list. They are unholy and having a form of godliness. The move away from the Bible trend in Protestantism is a shift in principles. The Bible is the definitive word of God and gives clear guidelines as to what is right and wrong. Abandon that and all you have are human values which are not definitive and can be manipulated to suit the situation or the controlling group. The other aspect was having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. The Roman church has many forms, traditions and ceremonies that to an observer may appear to be solemn and holy. But those things do not come from a regenerated heart. They're cold and meaningless, whereas the word of God has power, power to change lives. The Apostle Paul also wrote again referring to our times. He says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts they shall heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That's from Second Timothy 4 verses 3 and 4. It's apparent that to many people, truth no longer matters. Unity, global warming, popularity, and embracing a worldwide religious campaign has become more important. And so, at least in many Protestant churches, people are stampeding out. But where are they going? Many have joined hands with the Roman Church whose beliefs are not based on the Bible and are not based on truth. Another warning comes from the inspired writings of the Apostle Paul. It's from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says, For that day, meaning of Jesus' return, shall not come except there be a falling away first. There will be a great apostasy where people will abandon God, abandon the teachings of the Bible, abandon the principles of morality, abandon, if you like, enlightenment, and turn to superstition and take an interest in the occult and mystery. But I'd like to share with you in more detail the prophecies recording in Daniel chapter 7. 
Some of those things the Bible foretells about modern religious uh, trends, but that will have to be in a future program. My dear friends, the deception business is alive and thriving, and you and I will most likely be pressurised in one way or another to conform to majority opinion, whether it's right or not. If you're part of the minority, you will probably be blamed for not joining the unity of all mankind bandwagon. That unity bandwagon means agreeing with the Roman Church. As far as I am concerned, I must live true to my conscience and do that which has God's approval, not man's. I must trust God's word, the Bible, and live by it. So, 2017 is an auspicious year and is the marker of some great but subtle events in the religious world. But will you go along with the deception and pressure or will you remain true to God? My prayer is that the good Lord gives you the strength and courage to remain true and faithful to him. So that's my hope and my prayer for you. Until next time, this is Len, signing off and wishing you peace. Peace that comes from doing God's will, not man's. Take my hand and trust it.